Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to continue with our 100 most dramatic moments in Rugby League history. Today we are going from number 40 down to number 20. Tomorrow, Friday, we'll have 20 down to 1, which we will go through the vast majority of those. Just picked out the best ones from 40 down to 20, but plenty to talk about here. Let's start. At number 39, before we get into that, if you would like to listen to the first 60-odd, they've been dropping in three installments over the last three days. Monday saw 180, Tuesday 80 to 60, and yesterday, Wednesday, we went 60 to 40. Now we're going 40 down to 20. Let's get off with number 39. Uh, the King departs June 12, 1991, State of Origin. Wally Lewis, the king of origin for more than a decade, always had a sense of timing. And it was obvious on his last night on the interstate stage at Lang Park. The spiritual home of origin was packed to the rafters for the series-deciding clash with the Blues in 1991. The Maroons clung to a 14-12 lead with 10 minutes remaining when the ground announcer under instruction from Lewis fired team manager Dick Tossa-Turner to make a retirement announcement at an opportune time during the game. Whipped the crowd volume to deafening levels when on cue, he told them it was Wally's last stand and he deserved to go out a winner. That he did, and not a soul moved until he had completed his lap of honour with overwhelmed teammates and his two sons at the and the, as the crowd chanted, Wally, Wally, Wally. Unbelievable scenes in a mortal of our game, Wally Lewis. Always understood the moment, the king of origin, and went out on top. I'd heard that story before, but hadn't heard it in years. That was obviously the year before I was born, but unreal stuff there, Wally Lewis, to have the foresight to at a crucial moment in that game, announce that, uh, to see Queensland go over the line. Unreal stuff. You love to see that sort of theatre in our game. I certainly do anyway. Let's go to number 36. The heading is, he chewed my ear off, July 28, 1945. One of league's most notorious events happened during the Newtown St. George clash at Henson Park in 1945. How bloody good is Henson Park, by the way? Unreal stuff. After a scrum scuffle, Dragons prop Doug McRitchie emerged with his ear hanging by a small piece of skin. McRitchie had no doubt who the culprit was. Opposing prop and tough city cop 
and then fraud squad boss Frank Bumper Farrell. However, after an inquiry that lingered for six months, Farrell was cleared of the charges by the New South Wales Rugby League General Committee on the vote of 15 to 12. Pretty tight there. Farrell maintained his innocence until the day he died. McRitchie spent 22 weeks in hospital having a series of skin grafts pair the almost severed right ear. We've had a few of these in rugby league. Of course, the 2012 grand final after this was written, James Graham and Billy Slater. There's been a couple of other ones. Obviously, a few famous ones in boxing too. But this is rugby league's very own version in 1945. Bit of politics involved in that one as well. And of course... McRitchie, 22 weeks in hospital sorting this out. Wild scenes. Number 38, uh, a much more recent one. Scott Sattler's magnificent tackle, October 5, 2003. I was lucky enough to be there for this one. Unbelievable scenes. Scott Sattler earned himself a place in grand final folklore alongside his father, John, with his unforgettable tackle on Roosters winger Todd Byrne in the 2003 decider. With the scores locked at 6-all, 14 minutes into the second half, the Penrith lock came from the opposite side of the field to bring down the runaway Byrne with a copybook diving tackle, which was the single most inspiring moment during the Panthers' 18-6 upset win. I've spoken about this, so no need to go into too much depth, but Scotty Sattler, he's been on the podcast, he's spoken about this moment. Unbelievable stuff. You got a feel for Todd Skinny Burn pouring rain. Fittler hits, hits him with an unbelievable ball. You got to remember, Fittler pits this up in the pissing rain off the ground and throws about a 15 metre pass to hit Todd Byrne on the chest in the rain when he was off balance. An unbelievable play by Freddie. Um, and Todd, he sort of stumbles as he first gets the ball. Now, I'll always stand by that if he didn't stumble when he first got the ball, I reckon he probably scores. But that's not taking anything away from Scott Sattler's tackle. Put himself in the right spot and came up with one of the biggest plays in rugby league history. Unreal stuff there by a champion of our game, Scotty Sattler. Let's go to number 35. The Invincibles are born December 19. 19- no team has earned much no team has earned such glowing praise and genuine marvel from an appreciative English public as the all-conquering 1982 Kangaroos who entered the record books by going through the 22 match tour of England and France undefeated scoring 714 points and conceding just 100 it wasn't just their unbeatable record that stunned the Poms, but the power, pace, and flair which mesmerised the British public, drawing new crowd support and such adulation from the media, impressing one British writer to declare, why did they have to go home? The Invincibles of 1982, an unreal footy side. I think we're going to touch on uh, another team that toured over there in the 90s very soon. But uh, yeah, the 82 Invincible side, an absolute all-star lineup. A lot of the guys are obviously way before I was born, but you hear about this 82 side. Wally Lewis was in that side, a heap of other champions. So a great side there. Absolutely dominated England. 22 on the trot over there. Incredible stuff. Number 34. Wally Lewis gets another feature in the State of Origin Arena. I'm sure you know what moment this is. The King and MG. May 29, 1991. We've been lucky enough to hear this from the side of Mark Guy when he came on the podcast. Penrith hardman Mark Guy maintains he was sent out to intimidate the Queensland forwards as New South Wales tried to keep the 1991 series alive on a rain-drenched night at the SFS. That he did. Guy was lucky to still be on the field after he after he chopped down Maroons hooker Steve Walters in a tackle, causing a wild brawl moments before half-time. Referee David Mason cautioned several players, but could not contain the sledging as Wally Lewis screamed for Guy to be sent off. 
As the players left the field, Lewis kept groaning Geyer. The pair were, were eyeball to eyeball, chest to chest, trading insults with Manson trying to come between them. Geyer returned for the second half and continued to wreak havoc, finally being Sinbin for a vicious forearm on Maroons fullback Paul Hoff. Unbelievable night there in the pissing rain. There's obviously that tackle the guy makes just on half time, and I remember when he spoke to us about it, he... Um, I, I, I think it was Walters that came up, t- t- took a quick quick tap, and just went to sort of take a tackle to go at half time. And MG just sort of went, "This is Origin. We're not taking any settlers." Really got stuck into him. That set Wally Lewis off. These great Origin moments. Wally, no shock. He's been involved in a few already. Let's move to number thirty-three and a huge moment in rugby league. Probably one of the biggest moments ever in rugby league that we don't talk about enough. February 24th, 1967. Limited tackles, game changers forever. Long-held theories that limited tackle football in the in the guise of the four-tackle rule was introduced to end the 11-year dominance of St. George is a myth. The rule was actually initiated in Britain, but certainly the death of unlimited tackle f- f- Unlimited tackle, football, possession-dominated bash and barge footy was a revolutionary change which came a year after the three-yard rule became five yards uh, that reinvigorated the game. After the English had used four tackles in their 66-67 season, it was trialled here in the preseason of 67 and was rushed through as a permanent rule for that year. The Dragons handled the rule change fine and were minor premiers in 1967 before losing the prelim final to Canterbury. So you think about before it was unlimited. It was essentially whenever you turned over the ball. So that turns the game on its head. It also went from the three yards to the five yards. So that extra space that you get between the attack and the defense, the further you have to go back on every single play, it changes the game completely. So some huge moments there that I think have made the game what it is today. Let's have a look at number 30, another Queensland legend in the Origin Regia. Alfie's uh, sorry, Alfie's fairy tale return proves a masterstroke. July first, two thousand and one. It remains the most daring selection gamble in state of origin history, plus the most publicised and most successful. It came in two thousand and one when Maroons coach Wayne Bennett kept private for weeks his audacious decision to recall Alan Langer a month before his 35th birthday from his second season playing for Warrington in England to save the series and the declining popularity of Origin because of New South Wales domination. The move was hatched in such secrecy even Langer's parents had no idea he was returning and he was booked on a flight using a false name. Rumours started to spread the afternoon of the team's announcement when radio stations picked up on a possible selection bombshell. It became a fact hours later prompting a media frenzy with a week of Alfie mania, the game was played the following Sunday evening, concentrating on Langer's every move. That was despite the spotlight being shared by Brad Fittler's farewell to representative football. Never before had a player been chosen from the English competition because many critics believed Australians who defected to the UK should have forfeited any right to play representative football. Langer and Darren Lockyer devastated the Blues' defence and Queensland won 40-14 to despite New South Wales opening the scoring in record time, a try to Ryan Girdler after just 39 seconds. For good measure, Langer scored a try after playing a part in several others. Now, that story potentially 
but I argue uh, could have been topped by Andrew Johns in 05. But this article was written after that one, so I'll be interested to see if Joey gets a mention. Actually, he, he might have already got a mention. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but that Alfie Langer one coming back in 01, incredible stuff. Scoring that try with the ball over his head as well. 35 years old. I, I knew he was old. I didn't realize he was 35, though. I would have guessed 33 or so. So incredible stuff there. An absolute Wayne Bennett special there, bringing back Alfie. Number 29, and this is a really interesting one. A lot of people want to talk about this all the time. The draft killed off. September 6, 1991. It became the hottest legal fight in decades after the league introduced the controversial draft, a system common in many sports where the weakest clubs through to the strongest have first picket players on the market. The draft was introduced for the 1991 season when the Players Association lost a Supreme Court challenge against the league. But the association took its case to the federal court with teenager Terry Hill becoming the face of the battle, refusing for the first month of the season to play for his draft-governed club, East instead of his preferred club, Wes, before finally relenting. Weeks after the 1991 season, the full bench of the federal court found the draft was an unreasonable restraint of trade. So I hear a lot of people talking to me all the time about we need to bring a draft, it'll sort out the game. I think there are a lot of issues that it won't solve. I think it'll create a lot more issues than what you're all anticipating. I understand the argument of hey, it's going to be a mad day in February where we do the draft. I completely agree with you. I would love nothing more than you get that hot Australian summer sun, get a couple of beers, get your mates together, watch draft day. It would be sensational. But we don't have the system set in place and this sort of shit would happen. We are we are a league that we do like to have a wind. We do like to have a sook. And I know we all like to think we've got the toughest guys in the world, which we do. But at the same time, if one of them is sent to New Zealand and they don't want to be there, I guarantee you there's going to be homesickness. We see guys get homesick all the time in our game because there's more money offered elsewhere. So... I understand the argument for draft. I understand why you're excited, why you like the idea. But the reality of it is, I just can't see it ending in a pretty fashion. I think the Terry Hell example is one hell of a good example of how this would all play out. Let's move on to our next one. This is number 26, one of my favorite moments in rugby league history. I probably thought this one would be a little bit higher. In my books, it would be a little bit higher. Number 26, Mighty Mouse Magic Old Trafford Try, November 10, 1990. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Never has there been a more relieved Australian test player than Ricky Stewart after one of test football's greatest tries saved him from despair in the second test of the 1990 Kangaroo Tour at Manchester United's famous Old Trafford. Australia had lost their first test 19-12 at Wembley and the series was on the line when Stewart provided an intercept try to British centre Paul Lachlan, which which levelled the scores at 10-all with 10 minutes left. Stewart's colour returned only when Paul Eastwood missed the conversion that could have made history for Great Britain. Stewart atoned for his mistake to create one of the greatest modern-day test victories. Stewart dummied past Poms hooker Lee Jackson deep in his own half, held off the British defence for 40 metres before slipping an inside pass to Aussie captain Mal Meninga, who dived over to save the series. The Kangaroos won the final test 14-0. 
to preserve an unbeaten series record against Great Britain that dated back to 1970. An unbelievable moment there. One of my favourites ever. Uh, you got to remember that England had won the first test. Uh, so the Aussies were down 1-0. This moment comes along. Ricky Stewart throws the intercept. They look like they're in Barney Rubble. And then he pulls himself from being the most hated guy in the country to the favourite guy in the country. Unreal scene. Zero to hero for Ricky Stewart. That's what I love about players like Ricky Stewart. I always talk about this, that you you don't judge them on their worst moment. You res- you judge them on how they respond to their worst moment. That was probably the worst moment in Ricky Stewart's career, and he pulled it together the next the next set a few minutes later and came up with the winning try. Unbelievable stuff. Great to see Mal scoring a try like that as well. Let's go to number 23, another unbelievable try. This one hurts me a little bit more as a New South Wales fan. Number 23, Coins Miracle Try, May 23, 1994. Channel 9 commentator Ray Warren said it, said it all when he screamed through a million TV speakers, that's not a try, that's a miracle. For every Queensland league fan, it was also a moment that they will remember forever. Origin 1 at Sydney Football Stadium at 1994. There are 60 seconds remaining. Queensland are down 12-0 and the Maroons are desperate, really desperate. Well, When Alan Langer fires a long ball to the left deep inside his own half to fellow Ipswich boy Kevin Walters, the 5-8 finds Willie Kahn, whose overhead pass puts Steve Renoff away with the money ball. The movement sees the ball pass through eight pairs of hands before Mark Coyne slips under under and between Brad Fittler and Ricky Stewart to score. The Maroons go wild in celebration. Blues half Stewart gets off the turf and kicks the corner post almost into the crowd. Meninga rubs salt into New South Wales' deep wound by converting the try for a 16-12 victory. Three weeks later in front of a then-Australian record crowd of more than 87,000 at the MCG, Queensland went down 14-0 in a dower contest then lost the series at home 27-12 before a then-record Brisbane crowd of 40,600 665 at Suncorp Stadium, becoming the first Maroon side to lose an Origin Series from a 1-0 lead. An unbelievable moment there. Unfortunately, the series didn't finish the way that the Queenslanders would have liked. Unlucky fellas, uh, but an unbelievable try. Even as a New South Wales fan, as much as I hate seeing that try, it has to be right up there with the very best ever in a big game. As far as team tries goes, I think it's very hard to beat that one. Let's move to number 22, the Tina Turner years, March 1989. When league boss John Quayle secretly flew to London to entice American rock superstar Tina Turner to front the game's slick new advertising drive, even he would not have c- contemplated that the meeting would inspire Australian sports' greatest marketing campaign. Quayle's assistant, Mickey Braithwaite, was able to arrange an introduction through Turner's Australian manager Roger Davies. UK-based players Gavin Miller, Cliff Lyons went to London to ham it up on camera. By the the time footage of Winfield Cup matches was added, along with Turner singing her 1985 hit, What You Get Is What You See, advertising agency Hertz Walpole had come up with an unbelievable winner. The campaign increased the game's popularity, especially among women. The league then brought the Australian rights to Turner's other hit, Simply The Best, to continue the theme in later seasons. And I still think to this day, it is the biggest winner as far as advertising campaigns go. I think it is the best one by far and away, and it isn't close. You're still here, simply the best now. And I straight away think of Rugby League, which is crazy when you hear a Tina Turner song and you straight away associate it with 
E.T., Wayne Pierce, Gavin Miller running down a beach, uh, Sterlow with, with his kid on everything. Just, just unbelievable to think the association that that brings. Uh, well done to John Quayle, an unreal moment there, and one that will live on forever. Every single podcast that comes to me, I'm going to start a rugby league podcast. Oh, yeah, here's my introduction. Nine times out of ten, they include Simply the Best by Tina Turner. It's just had that sort of an influence on our game. Stay tuned tomorrow, guys. We're going to have our top 20. We're probably going to pick out a few more moments than what we have been uh, for the other ones because there's so many great ones to pick from, obviously, in the top 20. Really starting to heat up. Stay tuned for that. And then on the weekend, we're going to have our best moments that we think would be in this since 2007. So a couple of ones that we think would jump straight into this top 100 that have happened over the last 15 years or so. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.